From up in the nosebleeds to down to the 50-yard line, wherever you watch the game, this is the place to sound off. Sports Talk with Jock on 770 CHQR. After watching Drew Brees last night on Monday Night Football, I mentioned on the show, we, we got to track down Stampeder head coach Dave Dickinson to talk a little bit about Drew because I, th- I think most Stampeder fans, most football fans know the story. When when Dave tried to make it in the NFL, he was in San Diego, and there's that great photo with him and Doug Flutie and, of course, Drew Brees. Now, we know what happened with the other two, and we also know what happened with Dave Dickinson. Uh, why don't we bring in the Stampeders head coach here on Sports Talk with Jock, Mr. Dickinson. How are you tonight? I'm doing good. How's things over there? Uh, you know what? Can't complain. Getting ready for the holidays, which is uh, which is very, very nice. But uh, I, I, you got to be honest with me. I'm, I'm guessing you weren't listening to Sports Talk with Jock last night. You were probably watching Drew Brees uh, in that big NFL game last night. Am I correct? I definitely watched quite a bit of it, but it uh, got ugly really fast as far as uh, when you're just watching for pure entertainment. And as maybe a lot of your listeners out there, I play some fantasy football, too, and was in the semis, and I couldn't overcome uh, the one guy that I played had just too much going on. So anyway, I watched football, but then I also like, damn, I'm like, is my is that my guy or is that his guy? So, but Breeze had a hell of a day, no doubt about it. Boy, you, you know, you look at that day. The four touchdown passes, of course, he becomes the all-time leader in the NFL with passing touchdowns. He's already the all-time, you know, passing yardage leader in the NFL. And 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 I know you and you and Drew, you you still stay in in contact from that standpoint. But I'm curious, from your perspective as a former quarterback, what's more impressive, the passing yard uh, record or the the passing touchdown record? I mean, they're both pretty impressive when you look at the guys he's getting ahead of. I mean, it was pretty amazing to see those stats uh, last night with the Drew, Peyton, and Tom. I mean, mm-hmm. let's be honest, the NFL has become a throwing league, so most of the passing records are going to get beaten at some point, whereas, you know, is anyone really going to beat Emmitt Smith in the rushing record? I don't think so. Uh, I'm not sure people are passing Jerry Rice either in in receiving yards, but those three guys, I mean, you always hear of Peyton and Tom. At least I think they get uh, as much or more credit uh, than Drew. And Drew has kind of just kind of flown on the radar. Um, very impressive in his own right. But, but you know, you usually you, know, you can throw Aaron Rodgers in there. You got, you know, Ben Roethlisberger's got three Super Bowls. You never just hear Drew's name sometimes at the top for him to make that kind of exclamation point last night. And I think people are realizing not only is he a damn good football player, he's great longevity, he's durable. Um, you know, he's had some pretty good teams, especially with New Orleans. He's had some pretty good weapons, but uh, I can't see him, you know, going to a lot of his teammates going to the Hall of Fame. And that's why I've always thought, like, a guy like John Elway might be the best ever because who did he play with that's going to the Hall of Fame? Nobody until maybe Terrell Davis, you know, late, late, late in his career. And if, if you can do that and have that big of stats with guys that, aren't necessarily Hall of Famers. I think he should be up on a, a different echelon and a different standard than some of these other guys. You know, it's a great point because here he is, 40 years young, and what was his quarterback rating last night? You know, 148.9. Now, a perfect quarterback rating, I believe, is 158.3. When was the last time Dave Dickinson had a 148.9 as your quarterback rating? Mm-hmm. Well, both had some perfect rankings, <laughs> yeah. uh, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know how they do all that, but when you only miss one throw and you got over 300 yards and you got four touchdowns, to me that's a pretty perfect night. Um, 
you know, when he had the one called back for for uh, right. offensive pi. I mean, he's just he's just so smart and competitive, and you know, I and and confident. Like, I'm not sure I've ever met anyone more confident than Drew Brees. I mean, I remember stories where I didn't think he had it in him, and I'm thinking, why does he think we're gonna he's gonna do so well and we're gonna win? And sometimes I wasn't on his team, and we'd talk, and he had just great confidence that he's gonna get the job done. And um, you know, even as a player, I had doubts, and as a coach, you always do. Like, man, we're up against a tough team. He just doesn't seem to waver, and it doesn't. I don't think his arm is quite what it used to be, but uh, Sean Payton knows how to use him. He's just so smart. You know, he doesn't get hit that much. He's not afraid of contact, but he doesn't hit that much because he's so smart. And obviously that's a that's a quality of guys uh, uh, having longevity. And he's doing everything right, no doubt about it. You know, it's amazing, Dave, because it was last year or two years ago, the famous photo of yourself and Doug Flutie and Drew, you know, was making its way on social media platforms and everything from that standpoint. And and if you really look back, you know, you guys were in San Diego together and, and Drew actually lost his starting job, I believe, to Doug Flutie, you know, at uh, you know when, when he was just a young quarterback at the time. Uh, when, when you got to know Drew, did, did you foresee that he was going to be this amazing of an athlete in the NFL? I didn't think he'd have this success. I mean, yeah. that's pretty hard to even fathom. Oh, yeah. You know, he wasn't really lost a job. It was Doug's job. Doug was brought in as a free agent, um, and I signed I signed before Doug, but I was sure hoping I could be the backup. Then they drafted Drew, and Drew held out. Drew, which gave me love. I mean, it really gave me life, too. gave me more reps. Um, so once you do that, he wasn't taking Doug's job. But he definitely, you know, looked the part. But I'm not going to tell you um, – all three of us, I think, competed well, and there were some highlights for all of us. He got the job the next year and beat out Doug. I got cut that year, so I didn't get a chance to hang with them, but it did not go well. Um, it was a tough year for them, and uh, they started building it, and then he had that injury on the last game of the year going for a fumble, and it was crossroads. I mean, right at that point in his career, you're not sure if it's even done, and he would have just been probably a draft day bust, but... Uh, he got the surgery down there. He knew he was going to work extremely hard. I feel like his arm got stronger as the years have gone on. Now, I think obviously at 40, maybe it's certainly plateaued or coming back down. But the work ethic he had and, and just understanding um, his limitations but still uh, continuing to try to get better, I never thought he'd be at this standard. Um, and then again, I never even thought about it because you just don't necessarily. LaDainian Tomlinson was there, rookie that year as well. I think we all thought he was special and he was going to be an all-pro Hall of Famer. And Drew, we thought he was a good player that had a chance, but I don't think we put him in that same category. Well, all three of you guys really did buck the trend because uh, we all know the size issues for Doug Flutie and, and Drew. Everybody said, well, he's not big enough to be an NFL quarterback, and, and, and we know your size as well because I believe the average size of an NFL quarterback right now is just over 6'3", 225 pounds. So uh, you guys were like the Smurfs there, I guess, in San Diego. We're smaller, but Drew is bigger than us. He's and he's a better athlete, and he's stronger, and he's he's bigger than you think. He looks small in the NFL world. Right. He's over six feet. When I was there, he was 212. He was a good weight room guy. He was strong, and he had good feet. Um, you know, it's just today's quarterback is, like you said, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, or is super fast, you know, and so he does look smaller out there. And he had, it certainly is still seeing around guys. He's not seeing over guys, but that's the game he's played his whole life. And I think Doug and myself included, none of us are going to throw over the offensive line. We're going to throw around them. We're going to throw in windows. And we've always played that way and adapted. It was fun having three of us. I thought we played the game similar, 
similarly. That's a big word for me. But <laughs> obviously, Doug had Doug was just, was probably the best athlete or fastest, quickest. Um, and I was the worst for sure. And, and Drew had the better size and the strength. Uh, extremely competitive and smart, but also, um, uh, you know, I think he got better. I think that's what Drew Brees has never stopped doing is trying to get better, and you can see it. Yeah, I'm going to put you on the spot here. If you were a head coach in the NFL, a one-game showdown, Peyton in his prime, Tom Brady in his prime, or Drew Brees in his prime, uh, who would you have as your quarterback? I'm going Tom. I am going with the guy that I think has clutched up the most. Um, They're close. Now, I don't think none of us are going to be disappointed. Uh, Drew hasn't had as many big stages. He's had a ton of fourth-quarter comebacks. I think he's right there with the best of them. Uh, he's also been snake bit the most. I mean, some of the plays that have, you know, obviously the, the non-PI last year, the year before with the, the miracle in Minnesota. I mean, he played well in both those games, and, and he spit snake bit. Um, never had the good fortune to, I don't feel like I have as much experience with Peyton. Uh, I think he's a winner, and, you know, he never threw a tight spiral. Huff coached him, and he never threw a tight spiral, but it never hit the ground. Um, he's just always so accurate, and and damn good as well. But yeah. to me, Brady's still the best, and I don't think any of us are going to argue there. I think yeah. he's got the championships. He's clutch. He's a winner. He throws a, a beautiful spiral. He's tall. He's smart. Uh, so right now I've got to still put him as tall. I think he's the best ever. So. Yeah. No, I, he's pushing him, though. There's yeah, no well, doubt. I, I agree. Uh, Dave Dickinson, a special guest here on Sports Talk with Jock. Let's, uh, let's switch gears just for, for a sec, Coach. Uh, uh, the schedule came out yesterday. Last year, you know, it wasn't a great schedule for you. I, I, I know you were a little disappointed with, you know, a couple of those quick turnarounds. Uh, you had like five of them uh, throughout the season. This year it appears to be a little bit better. You know, talk to Mike Franco about it from the business side yesterday. Uh, just your thoughts on the schedule from uh, from a head coaching perspective well we need to win at home we got two to start out um obviously uh you never i don't really care who we play early on i just want to uh get into a good flow uh i don't mind like you said uh being on the road early on in fact i didn't necessarily want four in a row but in the past uh, we've had trips where we've stayed out east early in the season within the first five weeks it has helped us because we've gelled as a team but we've won those games. It's not easy to stay on the road and then lose them. So we're planning on probably doing that this year, which we haven't done in many, many years. Um, but you've got two at home and four on the road. That's basically as far as I look um, because uh, you know you've got to get off to at least a pretty good start because you don't want to be fighting uphill on the road for four in a row. All East, Coast, or all East teams um, got Winnipeg three times again. Obviously, they're the Great Cup champs. So you always look to see uh, how many West teams you're going to play. So we'll have to play them three times, which we know will be tough. But it should be a balanced league. And the same things always occur. I like what we're doing in this offseason so far. We're we're finding the right mix on our players, trying to figure out who's going to coach them. But I do think uh, I like what our off season. I like where we're going with it. I must admit, I was I was away last week, so I didn't get down for your uh, availability with uh, obviously your new offensive coordinator and and yourself. But uh, you have lost a couple of coaches, and and you know with Pete Costanza and Ryan Dinwiddie. So uh, you're obviously in the market uh, for for at least one more coach. Are you Are you, Dave? Two more coaches. You're going to hire two. Uh, okay. I've got guys. I've already got guys lined up. Um, I'm trying to come out with a kind of a, a full staff. We're going to have some changes on defense as well, which we were unforeseen. Oh, okay. uh, we're going to have to fix some stuff there. We were lucky to get Mark Killam back. Uh, we feel good that uh, he he took a look out there, and it 
we don't want guys things not to work out, but he's a value part of our staff. Uh, we're going to have a lot of change, more change than we've ever had. We already lost one of our scouts uh, to Sask. Uh, so in the front office, coaching-wise, we, we've kept that continuity. I think that's been a key to our success, and we're sure hoping uh, that we don't lose this many guys every year. But uh, people came looking, came plucking off our guys. Now it's up to us to, you know, to, to fill those holes and also have some new roles, have some new challenges, and find some different ideas. Uh, so that we can still be a good team and hopefully be a better team. You're not losing J.C., are you? Well, we're looking at some multiple guys on the defensive really? side that uh, have been given some looks and some opportunities. Nobody has told me they're leaving yet, okay. but I, I also understand the business. Um, and I, may, I am wondering, you know, last year we, we had Corey Mason almost left in February for the Eagles, and he's a great coach. Brent, um really fell into his role well. J.C. I thought was a great addition. And I know Josh is always uh, still getting calls. And it's hard because you want that loyalty and you want to keep everyone together, but you understand everyone is also looking for advancement. So you uh, you really just you want to have a plan and you want to get guys uh, that want to be here, and that's what we're trying to promote. And ultimately, yeah, we'll, we'll have a better idea as the month ends. Well, Coach, uh, I tell you what, I uh, really appreciate your, your time all season long. I, I know 2019 uh, wasn't the way you wanted it to end. It was uh, it was an interesting season, a challenging season at times, but, uh, you know, 2020 is right around the corner. So I just want to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas and a happy holiday, and, and uh, hopefully you get a little bit of time off. Yeah, back at you, and, uh, yeah, we'll look forward to some good football in the NFL, and then off we go with CFL uh, coming in the new year. Have a great night, Dave. Hey, take care. Dave Dickinson, head coach of Calgary Stampeders. A uh, little interesting news there at the end, talking about the coaching staff. Now, uh, we know there's going to be some changes in the coaching staff, and as Dave said, he still hasn't finalized his coaching staff, but you know, we know Pete Costanza has left. We know Ryan Dinwiddie is now the head coach of the Toronto Argonauts, but a little bit of a bombshell there when he talks about you know, losing a couple of defensive coaches as well, even even though he didn't come out and name anybody because he hasn't actually had the confirmation, but he is expecting to, to lose a couple of uh, defensive coaches. And you've only got four defensive coaches there. Brent Monson is the defensive coordinator. I, I don't think he's going anywhere. So then it just comes down to the other three. Talked about Corey Mace, you know, being interviewed by the Eagles Earlier this year in February, Josh Bell, he mentioned that, you know, Josh Bell, he gets calls about Josh Bell all the time. And, you know, can you just keep Josh Bell as a, as a position coach? Will he get a better opportunity? J.C. Sherrod is one of those young and upcoming coaches. Uh, maybe he gets an opportunity somewhere. Uh, all, all we can tell you is, uh, you know, head coach Dave Dickinson will finalize his coaching staff, you know, probably at the end of this month. So we will see, but uh, yeah, it's going to be—it's definitely going to be a new look coaching staff for the Calgary Stampeders, and, and and there is some—you know—he talked about new roles and responsibilities, and and I think this is interesting because, you know, you know, moving up. You've already done that, obviously, with uh, with your new offensive coordinator and Pat Delmonico. Uh, but how about a guy like uh, Mark Mueller? Does does Mark Mueller get you know some added responsibilities? Is he now your new quarterback coach as well? And, and there's also a pretty good rumor, and I stress it's a rumor, but there's a rumor that George Cortez could be coming back into the mix here in Calgary as well. So 
Uh, that would be interesting. George Cortez, former head coach, former offensive coordinator. Uh, he's got a great coaching resume and obviously has a history here in Calgary as well. History with John Huffnagel, history with Dave Dickinson. So I, I certainly believe that when my source told me that George Cortez, you know, could be back in the mix here in Calgary. Uh, we'll see how that falls out. We'll come back and we'll take a look at the NHL scoreboard. How are the Calgary Flames doing at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome? We'll tell you all about that when we return right here on the home of the Calgary Stampeders, 770 CHQR.